0: Damn, what is up, my internet friend? Welcome to Walking and Talking. This is Ben Bennett. What follows is the audio version of an episode of Walking and Talking, which was originally recorded as a video and published on YouTube. I'm transferring all of these episodes over to this audio podcast format to offer you an additional way of listening that should be more conducive to doing other things at the same time, whether that's walking, commuting, doing some kind of work, or any experience you think could be improved by having my extended rants superimposed over it. Although these were originally shot as videos, it has always been about the talking, and while you may occasionally hear me reference something visual, you won't be missing any crucial information by only listening to the audio. You can always go back and look at the YouTube video if you're curious about some visual element. Publishing this as audio in addition to YouTube videos does take extra time, work, and money on my part, so if you appreciate this, please consider supporting me through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash benjaminbennett. I'm not running any ads or promotions on walking and talking either here or on YouTube, and I'd prefer to keep it that way. Patron support is the only source of income that I have from this show. As of this recording, I am allowing some ads on some of my Sitting and Smiling videos, but you would be shocked at how little revenue YouTube gives me from that, especially considering the number of ad exposures. I'm fairly convinced that the aggregated damage to my viewers' psyches caused by those ad exposures is nowhere near a worthy trade-off for the small pittance of ad revenue that I receive in return. And yet... I do need to support myself somehow in order to keep doing this type of work. If I had just another $200 per month of patron support, I could completely remove ads from my YouTube channel and spare thousands of viewers the harmful, manipulative, psychological tactics that advertisers tend to use, and still be able to get by. So if you're trying to decide whether or not to donate, that's one way you could calculate the potential utility of your dollars allowing me to keep making these four-hour shows while saving people the distraction and the brainwashing of video advertisements. I also want to ratchet up the frequency and the quality of these shows, as well as start a new series, and any small amount of financial support that I get helps enormously towards these ends. As I've said before, I'm an anti-consumerist tightwad who likes to extract every last bit of utility out of the scantest of resources so you can be assured that your donation will go far. You can sign up for as little as 2 bucks a month on Patreon and that gives you access to some exclusive content as well. The URL is patreon.com/benjaminbennett and I'll put that link in the show notes as well in case you want to pause this show and go check it out right now. Lastly, I'd love to receive your thoughtful questions, comments, philosophical treatises and tractates, poems, and low-glycemic recipes at sittingandsmiling at gmail.com. With no further spiel, let's get on to the real spiel. Hello, my internet friends. Welcome to Walking and Talking, the show where I walk and talk. Here we are on the noisy road, but I promise you, We'll be away from the noise soon enough. I feel grateful to have you here with me and we will, you know, explore the uh, mystery of You know what, what the hell are we doing here and I'm not really sure what the hell I'm doing here walking and talking like this but if past experience serves me correctly Um, a day never feels wasted if I've walked and talked for four hours it seems to be getting towards the core of what it presently means for me to be alive right now. That is, doing this process in which I feel like I'm just kind of delving into meaninglessness. I seem to come out the other end ...feeling some sense of meaning. Whereas there are some days... ...when... ...I let... ...some... a more... ...conventional logic sort of dictate my actions as in maybe I I might spend a day or part of a day worrying about my future or kind of Plotting and planning how I might get ahead in the world, how I might increase my income and status and I generally find that that kind of thinking doesn't get me anywhere except a pit of misery and confusion It's as if I'm um, that kind of thinking for me is like grasping towards surface Superficial level um ...attainments. It means... ...giving... ...at least for me, it seems like, it feels like, it's giving too much... ...weight... ...to... ...things that I... I know really are abstractions such nebulous things as status and income. Now I know that money you know it is kind of a, a collective abstraction you know we it's as valuable as we all agree to believe that it's valuable. Which... Uh, is a pretty significant amount of, of value in this society. And so, that's, that's pretty real. It has a pretty real bearing on one's well-being. But... And you know, I, I'm in, in a position where I, I'm I've never really been in dire straits financially. I don't make a lot of money, but I don't spend a lot of money. And so I have I have enough to get by and still be able to do stuff like this. but frequently, you know, it may enter my mind that gosh, making more money would really uh, open up some possibilities or something. And it's, it's true in one sense. And then there's this other sense where if I really start to think about what exactly more money would afford me it generally equates to a freedom to be able to do what I want to do and when I Follow that line of thought fully. I'll often come to a certain conclusion that I can actually right now already do what I want to do. If I let go of the hold that um, this this thinking of money, this this wanting of money, has in my mind. And I can I can just like you know right now go out and walk and talk or go sit and smile and it's always worked out I mean not everybody's situation is the same of course and you know the 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 practical circumstances surrounding all that of course have a bearing but I think I think this can be applied in a lot of situations where if you you know You think about why it is that you want money or that you want more money than you have is it certain like you know what are you gonna spend that money on is it gonna be certain objects or uh, uh, housing or services or What or other people, or what, and then realize that what all those commodities are are certain embodied forms for some something, some other deeper need, like it, you know, it's maybe a There's our physical, biological needs, of course, and then, above that, like, emotional needs. And needs, like, you know, like, peace of mind. And um, it's true that, I, I think it's true that it is very possible for for exchange, for you know, monetary exchange to uh, facilitate meeting these needs and it does in many cases But there also seem to be many cases where meeting your your needs can get convoluted. Maybe just just kind of uh thinking out loud here it could be the case sometimes that that for me like I'm I'm overthinking how to meet some need of mine or I'm or I'm perceiving a need that's not really there, and then maybe in the process I'm neglecting a need in the present that is, for example. What if I wake up one morning and I start to worry about my financial future. My stability for the future. uh, And start to have a fear that in the future I'll be... Poor, and I, I won't be able to find a decent job, and then I'll, you know, because of that, I'll live in squalor and uh, have no uh, family or friends or community, and be miserable. And so maybe that. Fear will might lead me to start thinking about how how can I adjust what I'm doing to uh, you know prevent that from happening. But all the while, I, like this line of thinking, like has me like feeling really tense and agitated. You know. I'll be all tense in my body and, and just worrying about the future, and and so and like you know, whatever, who who knows like what sort of like rabbit holes of thought this might take me down. Maybe it's got me like searching the internet for job postings, and then but then I'm more I'm like oh, I'm not qualified for these jobs. Uh, maybe I should like go back to college and you know get a whole new four-year degree and uh, So I can actually get a good job and then you know, and then I'll have this stability and then you know I, If I keep following that train of thought it eventually It's 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 almost always like if I actually weigh out the pros and the cons of, of this imagined alternate future versus continuing to live more or less the way that I live now it's like it usually either ends up evening, evening out being about even or uh, trying to change things drastically would be W- worse because it wouldn't be worth all the sacrifices that I would have to make and all the new stresses that would enter my life and the kind of whole, whole new sort of paradigm and s- set of values that I would have to adopt. It would, you know, I'd become a slightly different person. And then, and so it, that usually doesn't get very far. And then, all the while, all that time and energy that I'm putting into uh, imagining all these these separate futures and strategizing and thinking, ah, if I could do this, and then I'd have to do that, and 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 whatnot. And then. You know and then I'm not like it's it's time spent unhappy it's time spent I don't know there is another way of interpreting this but it's time when I could be walking and talking basically and when i do things like this when i make a four-hour youtube video at least for the present time all those worries vanish i mean at least temporarily they're like they're not here i'm just i'm just doing this i'm just walking and talking and making this however mediated connection with you And creating this vast archive who knows how long it'll stay around uh, of Of my particular mind at work and it does actually feel like there's some work being accomplished when i do this there's a certain there's a certain spilling out of ideas articulation of ideas there there's things like working through Um, Existential crises And Most of the time I'd I come out of doing one of these with a much clearer mind and feeling a lot more peaceful And Some of these Worries about the future Then they're they're kind of gone. I mean they'll they'll They seem to always, like, come back... But they don't, like... They don't really manifest, you know? It's like... The worries... It's like they can... They can become self-fulfilling prophecies. Or it's like... this ab this abstraction actually of of living in poverty and squalor for me um it can it can become a reality for me mentally if if i allow myself to worry about it that is if I allow that way of thinking to take up too much real estate in my mind, then it can affect my perception of my life, and I'll, I'll perceive my situation as being, you know, not good enough, when, like, the truth is, it's like, uh, like, any of those categories of, like, being poor, being well-off or being middle-class or something, like, at least in my mind, from my perspective, when I am, when I feel like I'm seeing from a clear awareness, those are, those are really, like, uh, illusory and have no substance It's like Like How do you how would I define? Poverty, you know it's like In my case like is it my If, if we went off of income amount Solely then we could say that I'm poor, but if we went off of if we went off like actual like access to uh like an enriching, you know ways of living and access to community and uh education and learning and just you know self-enrichment then it's like I, i feel like as as rich as i could be Like I have... I have all this freedom to do the things that feel the most enriching to me and that's like that's a real luxury and I I don't want to I don't want to make other people feel bad or something or feel envious of that situation But I, I do want to emphasize that the, that your perception of your life situation may be way more malleable than, than you ever thought. The perception of what you might have the freedom to do in your life may be more malleable than you thought you may be more free than you than you think Now, of course, like, uh, I should acknowledge that there are, that, uh, poverty has, has more to do with, in, that has, there's a lot more factors involved in this, this abstraction of poverty than income alone, and... Uh, there's so much to do with one's socioeconomic background and all the factors of how you were brought up in what environment, around what sort of people, and family, and so on and so forth. And in, in that sense, I, I can't complain about anything about you know the the situation that i was born into is middle class and uh, beyond that it was it was uh, particularly intellectually and culturally rich my my upbringing like my Parents, both, you know, like uh, really avid readers and music listeners and uh, artists. And so, like, I had a. (laughs) Oops, oops.
1: Let's go. No.
0: I had an upbringing that was, you know, really. rich in these like uh man i was afraid i'm never gonna get away from that dog as charming as it is um And so I feel like that kind of uh, that form of wealth is easy for me to continue. And you know, now it's, now it's the, this internet age where just like so much um, stuff is available for free if you have internet access. It's not like I need a lot of money to uh, have access to interesting things to read or uh, view or, you know, see... still even still even um, I don't think of intellect per se as as uh, any ultimate value either like being smart is, is a good thing but up to a certain point it's like you you're like well where what is what is all this smartness going to doing for me you know um it seems to me that like s- smartness is generally like specialized or it's applied. It's like, it's like smartness is applied in life, but then you, then there's wisdom and that's like something more generalized and you could say it's applied also, but perhaps in less concrete And identifiable ways. But wisdom is something that... It seems to me is is less dependent on life circumstances. I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, maybe you have to like where where does wisdom come from? Is it always uh, do you always get it from encounters with other wisdom coming from other people? It kind of seems like you can just get it just from living. in any situation. I don't know, I could be wrong, maybe, uh, maybe if you're, you know, caught in a struggle for survival and, or, or you are maybe surrounded by really unwise people and have a barrage of, of crap coming into your consciousness all the time Maybe it doesn't leave space to develop wisdom But it seems like, for the most part, if you live long enough You're gonna get wise It seems like I can see some amount of wisdom in anybody that's, you know, lived a long time and some people that haven't lived that long. I I wouldn't like to uh, come across as an apologist for inequality Because I do think Wealth inequality wealth disparity is a bad thing especially when it gets extreme But on this but on the same token on the same token it's like with the right kind of wisdom you can see through the surface of those of, of these like notions you know of wealth and it could be it could totally be the case that maybe that's just really easy for me to say because my life is, pretty, is fairly easy in terms of uh, the material side of things. Because you know, I, I do look around and, and see a lot of people that seem much more focused on the material, on, on gaining material. And sometimes it it just it does kind of make sense if I look at their situation. But then other times it's like uh if I if I really connect the dots and put individual an individual wealth in the context of a society then it uh, it seems like like one individual's gaining like doesn't really matter like uh, you know maybe there maybe for me like there's some there is like a more libidinal side of me that's like you know wants to uh, wants to just you know be greedy and personally gain sometimes or or just you know a way of thinking where I'm like You know, like I was saying earlier, start to worry more about, uh, myself, my own, uh, personal game. But then, like, pretty inevitably when I start to, you know, connect the dots of, like, You know and and, you know, maybe I'll start to hatch a scheme of how I'm gonna make money and then I'll start to connect the dots and like think about What sort of cause and effect Relationships those actions would have with the rest of the world and in terms of the whole world. It's like Maybe there's not a game there maybe it, it just Evens out. Am I going to be gaining on the backs of others? And if so, what's the point? Or even if I. and then kind of in the other direction sometimes. Maybe I'm feeling this opposite urge of like, and maybe I should actually just be a lot more generous to others. And then... You know, like I could, you know, have even less material. I could take even less from the look, but then... But then I'm like... <clears throat> but then maybe I'm, I'm like... Okay, but then, then... Like say I'm... Let's say I'm giving more material, let's say I'm like donating a bunch of money to charity... Then I kind of would need to make more money so I'd have to like... I'd have to take more money from somewhere. And then if I, if I think about the additional financial pressure that I would be under, then I, then I see the detriment of that to my ability to do things like, for example, make these YouTube videos. Or, you know, sit and smile, etc or I don't know any any of the other kind of like things that I do that aren't that don't really make a lot of money and then I'd be like, well, then then, you know, those things would would suffer perhaps a a loss of quality or a loss of integrity And so it's not worth it. And so it's it's like it's just like I consider all these you know different forms of where um, energy can be moving through me, given the give and take between myself and the world. And so often they seem so equivalent that is that many of these choices that i would consider seem like the net effect of how much actual good there is in the world is like zero or like there's no net change in that and so it's like I might as well keep doing what I'm doing because it you know what I am doing like seems to be a solution that works pretty well for now that feels to me like there's some kind of positive exchange happening between myself and the world it doesn't require too much from anyone and it makes something available to a lot of people Of course this isn't to say that every choice that I would I could possibly make is an equivalent amount of good Because there are plenty of bad choices that I could make that would That would be harmful in general So it's like the Hard questions, the ones that really occupy my mind about decisions about what to do are, are the ones that are hard because they're they're pretty close to equivalent and net value. For the world, I mean. So I guess one thing, if anything, that I might be able to contribute via walking and talking would be maybe a kind of nudge for people towards thinking along the terms of um, broader scale thinking and higher values Away from the sort of, um, like seeing away from seeing things like your own status, your own, um, identity as such solid truisms and to be able to see them more as like sort of like a, a web of of mental of concepts of uh mental representations that, like, when I, and when I see things more that way, it's like, it becomes, uh, it just feels more true. And I can't really, I can't really permanently go back to thinking you know of myself in such concrete terms and even even thinking about even thinking about just money in itself like for me the greater that like the more I understand about the economy The clearer it becomes to me that the value of money is is this very like nebulous uh, thing. Like we know that the value of any particular currency fluctuates, and in some countries it fluctuates wildly to where if you had you know thousands of dollars or euros or uh, I can't remember the names of uh, some of the other currencies that have fluctuated so wildly unfortunately but uh, you know what you have in your bank account or wallet or whatever like, from one day to the next could could actually lose most or all of its value. It's possible. And it happens, so, you know, some a uh, major disruption happens, and then your money can't, can't buy what it used to. And so you can move your money around into all these different investments or consumables or depreciables to try to maximize its value to you in the present and in the future and so like when you when I think thoroughly about like Um, What to do with money. Sometimes it's like... So much is so unknown... That it becomes almost arbitrary. Almost. I mean, there's, there's many cases where it's just like... Much more obvious. Like... If I'm... That I'll... Maybe buy some food. Or pay the electric bill or something but in a certain sense like even those things can come into question for me it's like huh I've lived like totally off the grid before I could just do that and like not even have any money and meet my needs that way and it's like the the stability of the value of almost anything can it seems to be is is interlinked with like politics and things going on in the world and if you know my country's political situation seems unstable unstable and you know which it does to some to you know like some crazy disruption could, could very well happen in the near future. And what the, the things that have a collective value now might lose their value and, you know, you'd, you'd have, you'd have a totally different situation where money, not money, might not mean anything or it might mean less or who knows. Or certain things that you invest in, you don't know. You know they have a, a certain amount of risk involved in them. Some have more risk than others. And you know, like by investment, I mean, in the in the broad sense, like it could be, it could be an investment in education or like some kind of cultural enrichment or uh, in your health or You know not just things like stocks and bonds and real estate and sometimes if even those things like seem like they're they're in they're in the future and and there's it's unknown what kind of value they're going to have in the future like sometimes that makes things in the present much more value valuable so for for instance like maybe i just want to invest in time So for example, like getting a taxi instead of the bus to save time or um, buying a prepared meal or eating at a restaurant instead of cooking to save time. Because then at least you know that you have that time to do something that's valuable to you in the present. But, you know, what is that thing that's valuable in in the present? And can that in itself be an investment in the future? Like, if I take these four hours to walk and talk, I... I feel engaged in the world, in the present. I feel... I feel alive and I feel like my authentic self, to whatever extent that's even possible. I feel... I feel like I can, like I'm making a certain kind of connection with people and communicating something that feels, you know, like, uh, like, very meaningful. I mean, also meaningless, but like, in a meaningless and a meaningful way or, like, as as meaningful as things get for me, anyways. But then at the same time, as I talked, as I mentioned earlier about, like, I experience an uh, increased peace of mind after I do something like this. It's like, if that's contributing to my psychological well-being. Like that's very valuable for the present and for the future. Because if I'm in a clear state of mind, then I'll be prone to making better decisions in general. And I'll, you know, be hopefully more apt to maintain healthy habits. And another thing is that this is just like this is time that i spend not consuming sometimes it's kind of hard to not be consuming like if i sit at home without having a structure or a clear plan like I'm I'm quite apt to you know get bored and then to uh, you know the 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 existential void starts to creep in and I'll look for all sorts of ways to flee that void like snacking so I'll be you know eating when I'm not actually like physically hungry and or I'm like i'm like just like surfing the internet or something and when you do that when you surf the internet like kind of aimlessly it it for me it generates it really contributes to uh sort of general dissatisfaction daka um Like, even if, I'm, even if I'm not like, you know, s- starting to convince myself that I need to buy something off Amazon, I'm just like getting this input of information that is like always referring to something other, always referring to some alternate possibility that could be mine. A form of materialism, with like, even you know, it might be of materialism of like you know needing to have things, or it might be another kind of material of like needing to know things, needing to know everything on Wikipedia, needing to like uh, spiritual materialism, like starting to think about how I need to become more enlightened, or or. Uh, Think about how I need to like do some kind of meditation retreat. Think about how I need to like, you know, start learning yoga or karate or Brazilian jiu-jitsu or whatever. Or or thinking that I need to like, uh, you know, oh maybe I should like go back to school and get an economics degree or something or like you know anything and it it just like that that actually creates a kind of scarcity that you experience as real even though it's just like fog of thoughts that has accumulated in your mind. But if... You know, and then like, through that fog of thought, like, do it... if If I let that fog of thought accumulate in my mind, and from that perspective, doing something like walking and talking, like... Will start to seem like a bad idea because it's like, well, what's that going to gain for me? But you know, if I if I can, you know, either pierce through that fog of thoughts temporarily, or not let it accumulate in the first place, and just go out and walk and talk. This is like a place where I don't have this constant influx of information and uh, like a constant. Flow of uh, life options proceeding uh, before me, constantly thinking about how my life could be better and different, and everything else that I could have that I don't. And you know, just like having a, a completely unstructured time where I, I'm <clears throat> where I can, I can react impulsively to every uncomfortable feeling that I might have, then it's, it's, it's like a kind of entropy taking place in my life, and I'm like, just, I'm in a sense, like, destroying value. Just if I think about, like, If I spent a day snacking compulsively, then I've I've a consumed more resources in the world than were necessary and b probably feel uh, physically and emotionally like crap and c uh, would probably have a slightly negative effect on my long-term health But here in this structure, I, none of that happens. And at the same time, I'm I'm participating in a mental process that actually feels productive in the broad sense of the term I mean, productive also in the sense that we we pierce through this idea of productivity itself. with the regularity, it gets stronger. It seems like the positive attributes of these practices increase with regularity. Even in this, even in the uh, financial sense, like I, I have somewhat of an inkling that, to a certain point, the the um, the amount of revenue that I might get from YouTube and Patreon would tend to increase with my regularity of making these videos. And I don't mean to put that in a uh cynical perspective of of that i should just do this regularly to make money that's that's not you know that's only a a, a small aspect of it that is that is like you know i think interconnected with like a greater benefit of it As in, like, for example, like, if there's more um, patrons subscribed on my Patreon site, then, then, I suppose that that is sort of one form of evidence that there are more people uh, connecting to this. Communication. Like here, I am sort of, uh, to some extent, deconstructing money, but at you know, at the same time, like, uh, ooh, look at these. Damn, those are beautiful. I'm not sure what kind of mushroom that is, but it looks really familiar. I used to be a lot more up on my mushroom identification, but it's gotten a little bit rusty. I'm gonna have to look that one up. Or if any of you happen to be good with Mushroom ID. Leave a comment. Um, So, yeah, like, you know, to some extent deconstructing, like, the concrete value of money, um, but then at the same time still acknowledging the relative value of money and how... In a certain sense, it, in a certain sense, it is very real in our world. Like we, we make it real as a society. And I, I feel um, at the core of me a very strong sense of autonomy from society that uh, for me has been, has been grown from certain life experiences including living off grid and having a certain confidence that that participation in the money economy is not the only way to live a good life And a rewarding life. And a beautiful life. But that... But also that... That it is possible to participate in that economy in... uh, A beneficial and fun and beautiful way. And so... It, it feels to me, you know, to, to be, to the extent that I'm participating in the, the money economy does feel like a choice, like an option. That I, that I like want to do for the benefits for myself and for others. But it's like, uh, you know, which which it which means that I, I like I appreciate very many aspects of modernity and appreciate many of the things that. Um, our, our, our really, our sophisticated economy can allow for that couldn't be that wouldn't be possible in a less sophisticated economy. That is one with less specialization and, and, and trade going on. and even this means of <clears throat> communication with you is one of those things that's made possible by that we have youtube where remarkably it's possible to upload hundreds of 4 hour long videos for free for just you know the cost of my electricity and internet bills and I can choose to run advertisements on them or not. But you know that the the organization is supported by ad revenue primarily and if you if you know me at all then you you know that I'm, I'm not really a fan of the psychological effects of modern advertising because they quite often use pretty insidious and divisive psychological and emotional tactics in advertising that's just the name of the game nowadays but then you know uh, it's amazing that we have something like Patreon and like uh, I, I might have my criticisms of I might have some criticisms of of patreon and uh its its owners but but uh overall i'm i'm very thankful that it exists and this this opportunity to to set up like this donation based thing where instead of Exposing thousands of people to the to these YouTube ads Like a relatively few people can um, Can donate and and I I just feel like the the volition there is so much more positive overall And now it's, it's not that I've spent this whole this whole uh, hour and 13 minutes uh, leading up to like a donation uh, pitch, but like with the people that do donate and like the communications I've had with them, I it's I find it generally to be the case that. We we share a certain common understanding of how of how money works in this society, and that that they're that they're seeing the the uh, financial support of this YouTube channel to be a net benefit in the world. I mean I'm st- I'm still I'm still talking uh on a certain level of relativity of course because if I say something like a net benefit from the world uh that seems to re- require some qualification on what exactly a benefit is and I could I could go down that rabbit hole forever as well and Uh, deconstruct that forever and until we you know we get to a place where there is no such thing as a benefit no good or bad uh, and there's something real about that but there's also something real about benefit Like, there's a certain amount of good necessary on the level of understanding. I mean, just like the level of reality, even, where there is a good and bad. In order for... In order to support an awareness of of the ultimate non-duality of good and bad so I guess if I might be so bold and so arrogant as to say so then then I would say that I I would think of walking and talking and sitting and smiling as as uh, Forms of media that Tend to raise awareness Tend to raise the level of awareness or at least point to it I think in the last episode I was talking about how I I was talking about you know the ultimate unimportance of watching walking and talking telling you that you know I would be happy for it to cause you to stop watching but now I'm now I'm talking about the relative Importance of it I don't really know of anything exactly like this In the world I mean there are There are books and there are a lot of ...really wise people that write books with well-formed out and, and edited thoughts. And it's great. But now, there's also walking and talking. ...where I don't form my thoughts in advance. I don't go back and edit, but I'm... ...continuously revising as I'm going along. Like, revising... I guess just revising my own perspective or something. a form of language that I hope in some way enacts or, or in, in the way that it is enacted expresses all of the levels of relative truths of what I'm saying as well as an ultimate sort of transience of those truths we just keep moving along and the things that I said in the past had a level of truth when I was saying them and the thing that I'm saying now has a certain level of truth as I'm saying it As we move forward, things that I say now don't exactly negate what I've said before, but they do they do keep presenting alternate angles on the truth. that seem to show the relativity of anything that I say and we can move up and down in in, in, uh, in the depth of our truths, you know, down meaning more like more relative and more specific as in like a truth that's like maybe very concretely true but only in a in a very specific context and then upward meaning broader truths and approaching something ultimate an ultimate truth but when you get to the ultimate it's like the the as you approach the ultimate you you shed off Any solid truth, you shed off any kind of solidified, concretized notions of truth. And you never actually arrive at a, a, you know, a stopping point. But you enter a sort of stream of constant perpetual change although the change is so perpetual and constant that that it's not exactly change anymore as in for there even to exist something that we could call change then it would have to be in reference to something that we could call solid there had to exist something solid in order for it to change but as we approach some kind of ultimate form of truth it's like truth isn't even such a good word for it anymore because it's like um, truth and mystery become one and the same, knowing and unknowing become the same. There's no solid ground, but at the same time there is like right now this feeling I have is like simultaneously being on on the rock solid ground floor of reality where i couldn't fall any further but simultaneously feeling like a total groundlessness i, I don't know how to describe it exactly Like, on the ground, in the sense that I... I feel a certain stability that seems to come from not having any illusions propping me up. Not holding on to any solid notions... Of identity. So, like, I feel solid in that way, or I feel. Excuse me. I feel... I feel this, uh, a very deep absence of fear. Absence of anxiety. and a certain confidence that I can handle whatever experience comes my way but it also it, but but it's because it feels like almost like transcendent of experience like i don't i don't really care about experiences groundless in in the relative sense as as in not standing on any previously perceived ground of identity concepts although you know who, who knows what... Who's Who knows what I'm not really conscious of. Who knows what... What... Structures of identity might be... Still at play in my mind that I'm not fully aware of right now. Who knows... But, you know... Rel- relative to... A mode... Of awareness where I'm you know really where I'm concerned about myself and my future and all that I feel uh, exhilaratingly groundless I don't know if not exactly exhilarating but like groundless in a good way But then it's almost like this other to the extent that I feel that I am on the ground it feels really solid and affirmative. Like it feels like a really solid ground. And that just feels like like a ground of of now of of existing right now. also totally aware that all this other stuff will probably come back uh concern about the self you know i'll get physically tired i'll get hungry and then you know as those sorts of things increase then then one feels, you know, increasingly bound by the body needs. And, you know, it's like all all these... uh, All these basic, like, biological and emotional, you know, mental needs provide the foundation for, you know, these feelings that I'm experiencing. You know, so like the the, the basic material stuff is is just you can't really escape it, can you? Or it's like, maybe it's like you, you, you're standing on it in order to have a certain perception where you can see through it. Does that make sense? You know, like, I mean, like I was saying, I I could, I could, I feel like I could lose everything that I have and be, and be fine. I mean, all, all the material that I have. Because it's like, I, I also, I, I can't, I, I would be lying right now if I said, if I said that, that my material possessions felt real to me. Like, you know, we discussed like, sort of the the relativity of money and how the number in my bank account is, is an abstraction with a fluctuating value that's based upon uh, concepts of value held by society at large. It, it also like the value of it also fluctuates, fluctuates wildly depending on just my own perceptions. You know, my own my own conceptions of of like what amount of money is constitutes uh, comfortable living. And that is something that certainly fluctuates in my mind. But then, like, other things, like, uh, my house, like. My, my ownership of a house is, 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 is an abstraction as well that, you know, Society is currently upholding like everybody Everybody is agreeing Essentially that I am allowed to live in this house But even the house itself, it's it's not a solid thing. It's like, you know If I don't fix the roof It's not gonna be a house forever If I don't maintain the foundation, it's not going to be a house much longer. Now I know there's this, there's this very legitimate other proposition of like well easy for you to say you're in this this easy position and I I won't I won't argue with you on that but but I I, I will maintain that it feels more true to me all of these, these would be solid ideas about who I am and what I have are actually just like actively actively maintained or actively changing actively fluctuating uh, web of concepts not just my own concepts, but like in, in a network of concepts of other individuals and as a society at large. And that I, I would extend that assertion or that way of seeing things to your life as well. Be, that the would be solid circumstances and characteristics of your situation that, that seem to have a bearing on your level of satisfaction or dissatisfaction, in fact, you know, a a quite, a quite permeable web of percepts and concepts that can be penetrated. And when you penetrate them, there's a wider field of freedom. If you'll excuse me, I got to take a whiz. Uh, let me let me set you up somewhere with a nice view, not of me whizzing, but you know, of some uh, Bob Ross-worthy mm-hmm. landscape. I'll be right back. slightly physically tired but in uh, not a negative way but in a way where I did a lot of exercise yesterday and this morning and so my body feels a little tired from that but my mind feels but I feel alert generally Clear, I guess I would say. But, you know, one could always get clearer. The air feels crisp and This mist that's falling down Feels super refreshing and and enlivening to my senses way that I'm, I'm not I'm not sure that art could do for me art can do other things for me it can't really like it can't really mist on me outside an environment like this unless it's you know a a massive massively elaborate contrivance of an experience that would be spoiled by my knowledge of the money spent to produce it. of the general relationship of a person to that sort of contrived experience as being one of consumption. That is the thinking that one has gained something from this, from us from an experience. And that thinking being heavily influenced by sort of implicit understanding of the valuable resources consumed to produce that experience for you. this kind of experience I don't feel as if I'm taking from anyone other than the small amount of Sources, you know, involved in the uh, the battery life of the camera you know, the the electricity used by the camera which is not very much, Uh, and which is also being somewhat replenished slowly replenished by the solar panel that's on the battery charger right now, the battery pack I should say and the the value invested in the the camera itself being amortized over the camera's useful life to us but that's it that's that's not very much you know i could say i could say the Uh, calories that my body is expending that will need to be replenished with food but that's um, that would be the case either way whether I was making this video or not the the mist falling on my skin had to do that for me. It doesn't cost anybody anything. appreciation of the mist falling on my skin is probably created by the context of me living inside a house much of the time. knowing that I can return to that house and be warm and dry which does maybe consume a little bit more if I'm heating the house and you know, like the uh, resources involved in maintaining the house but you know, this, this is the sort of like Uh, equations that I could do, I could just do forever, and eventually I just kind of realized that it's like, it's kind of meaningless, I mean, you you do it to, you do it to the extent that you realize it could go on forever. All you're really doing is is kind of fragmenting reality into a a certain conceptual model, and then shifting the pieces around like a Rubik's cube or like one of those little tile puzzles where you 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 uh, slide the squares around and try to get it in the right order. Like here, I'm just standing and leaving some long gaps of silence and something about these silences feels fine to me as if they're a natural outgrowth of the trajectory of my talking. Squinting chin stroking and joking, joking and stroking. Yeah, you kids can have fun with that one. Chin stroking, I say I just feel happy sitting here. Even if I'm even if I'm uh even if I'm like furrowing my brow a little bit and uh Talking in a mildly brusque tone. This is fun. I'm having fun. I think this is funny. at me. I'm, I'm like, I'm a figure in a landscape. It's a painting. Contribution to Contemporary Painting. It's a moving, talking painting. Stretching and kvetching. What? What is kvetching? I don't even know. Is that even a word? If it is a word, is it a verb? A gerund? Is it a legitimate gerund? I'm stretching. Welcome to Walking and Talking, the show where I walk and talk. Are you having fun yet? Watching me stretch. Thanks, I mean it. I must be watched in order to feel any meaning in my existence. My quasi-internet fame is all I have. charming I am? See how charming and funny I am? Operating on multiple levels of ambiguous irony. Am I being for real or am I joking? Let me explain everything to you. This feels good, just sitting on a rock, in the mist, stretching. Let me be your life coach. Here, what you need to do is go outside and find a big rock when it's misting, you know, raining a gentle mist, and stretch. That's exactly what you got to do. I'm not ready to put that shoe on yet. And then and then do this one. Do this stretch this way like that like so yeah feel the feel the feel the burn and then hunch your shoulders forward and feel the stretch in your shoulder blades Yeah. That's that's the ticket. Welcome to Stretching with Ben. toes without bending my knees that's that's my flexibility weak point what's your flexibility weak point Is this your hamstring? I don't know. I think. Work those quads! Punch your kneecaps! Just kidding. Who's my audience? Who's my audience? What demographic should I gear my language to? How sophisticated should I present myself as? Audience is diverse. Like you, 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 and then the next person watching is a lot different from you. But you understand English. Well enough to understand that anyways. We're just stretching and we'll start walking back soon, I'll keep talking. It'll be great, it is great, it's already great. Think about how much insight we've gained already. how 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 relative and illusory the value of money is and 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 how and so how how donating money to me on Patreon will be an expression of your highest values This level of consciousness wants to donate money to me on Patreon. I'm half serious. It's called rocking rocking something, when you put a foot up on something like that. I'm rocking this rock. back into a reverent tone. A serious tone. And enough of this of this I don't what is this This flippant But we're like uh we're like lucidly flippant. And that's the only flippant to be in my in my mind in my estimation. Trudge through the valley of existential muck and then you'll get into the open field of lucid flippancy, of flippant lucidity. But maybe, you know, maybe we should tame it down, tame it down a little bit and not indulge such fun, not make light of things, the world's a serious place there's serious shit happening, people are suffering, what are you doing to help? If you're not part of the solution... How serious am I? What is seriousness? What is seriousness? Okay, let's keep walking. Let's have another look at these mushrooms. Some kind of Copernicus, I'm guessing. Don't don't take any of my mushroom identifications as mm, definitive. The pawpaw leaves are beautifully mottled. Mottled, not mottled. Am I hyperactive or am I super calm? You don't know. Am I serious and focused, or am I scattered and willy nilly? Difference the silences. Are they pregnant? Are you waiting for the next thing that I'm going to say or in the silences are we just on the ground? Oh you're not know let me restart the video so that in case
1: there's a